With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview breakout sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, we have audio from the first game week press conferences of the 2019 season. Man, does that feel good to say. These took place on Tuesday, August 27th, and you will hear first from head coach Ryan Day, then co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach Jeff Halfley, and finally offensive coordinator and tight ends coach Kevin Wilson. For his portion, Day revealed who will be starting at right tackle. It also discussed the game plan for how much Justin Fields would play, given the lack of an established backup and concern for injury. And he answered the biggest question, what the heck happened to his beard? Then Halfley, who is a remarkably compelling speaker, talks all things defense, but won't yet reveal the starting linebackers. And then Wilson talks about all of the offensive questions and discusses how much the tight ends could actually figure into the offense this year. Now, if you're finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, because we will be bringing you an unparalleled amount of podcast coverage this season with at least one new podcast every day from now through the game or the Big Ten title game, assuming that the Buckeyes get there. So subscribe now in order to get all of that unique, varied perspective that you will hear only from Land Grant this season. So, now that that's out of the way, here's head coach Ryan Day. Just wanted to uh, start off with just a few comments. You know, really excited about getting going into game week here. I think we've had a great preseason camp. And um, so, started that process this weekend in terms of getting prepared for Florida Atlantic. Um, I think they bring you know a really good uh, coaching staff here. Coach Kiffin is coached at, at all levels uh, in the NFL, SEC. He's got a great uh, background of football and understanding, and he's going to bring a challenge to our defense. They, you know, they do a lot of great things on offense, um, create mismatches, tempo. Um, you know, he's he's kind of innovative in terms of what he's doing over there. Um, so uh, in, you know, in for a challenge there. And then on defense, they change their scheme. They have a new defense coordinator. Glenn Spencer, uh, who came from uh, Charlotte. He was at Oklahoma State before that. And they bring a bunch of different uh, looks to the table, different coverages, uh, different fronts. Um, so, you know, not really having the opportunity to, to see those guys on film, we'll have to be able to react, you know, during game, make adjustments. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, uh, we just fired up to play a game. So uh, looking forward to get going here on Saturday. Ryan, there's got to be a million things that you're looking forward to seeing in the game on Saturday and how things, certain things play out. Like, what are a few things that you're most curious about? Like, is it how Justin plays at quarterbacks, the O-line? Just what are some few things that are kind of the top of your list? Yeah, the, I mean, the, the first thing is tackling. We have to tackle. Um, we have to take care of the football, and we have to block. So those are the, the, the three things that we're really focused on going into this game, playing a clean game, 
uh, is very, very important. But then that's kind of why you want to get going with the, with the season, figure out where we're at. Uh, we have you know some, a new scheme on defense. We have some new faces on offense, and we want to see what we look like. You know, um, you, know you play against the same – uh, you know, offense and defense for a long period of time. You know, it gets a little stale just in terms of the same looks over and over again. Now you're going to start seeing some different schemes against different players, find out where your matchups go, uh, you know, look like against other people and figure out where we need to get better because this is a journey. You know, this is not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination and kind of want to, you know, uh, you know, get to Saturday and figure out you know where the issues are, get those fixed and figure out where we feel like we're in good shape and keep enhancing those. You know exactly what's gonna how it's gonna play out, but do you feel pretty confident? You know, kind of how Justin's gonna play, or do you feel it's it's still kind of a mystery at this point? Uh, I mean, I feel you, when you've practiced so many times, you get a feel for what they're gonna do. You know, typically uh, guys don't change too much. You know, when they're in a game, but um, you know, this will be the first time he's live. You know, we, we haven't taken him to the ground, so that'll be new, um, and we have to you know see. Um, you know how a lot of guys respond. You know, we have done a ton of tackling with the ones we have with the twos. Um, it's been a very physical camp, um, but until you really tackle and, and you get out there, that's that's when you figure things out. You know, I think you, know, you saw that maybe the other night and Saturday night. You know, just when you get out there and you start really playing the game, you know, it's it's different than practice. So um, I, I think you know we're going to expect to see the way that the guys have practiced. They're going to play that way. Um, there'll be some jitters early on that goes with the pro with with the uh, you know with the first game. But other than that, you know, I think we'll. we'll We'll get what we see in practice. Coach, um, last year you were really prioritizing continuity with Urban Meyer's program, so this is your first game as the head coach full-time. Is there anything you're changing about the game day structure for your guys? Still doing quick tells, still having an offensive player do the pep talk and a defensive player. Is, is there anything different this year? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're doing a couple things just leading up to the game, but but in terms of the traditions that have that have been before, we want to keep all those going. You know, that's one of the greatest things about Ohio State is the traditions and the skull sessions and the walk and uh, the quick cows with the students. We actually did that. We had uh, almost five thousand students in the stadium the other day. We went through it and taught them the quick cows. Uh, I think it's an unbelievable tradition and. And then singing with the band afterwards. I mean, all those things are what makes Ohio State great. So uh, we want to keep that going, and we're embracing that. You know, the, the, the guys on the team had to learn. The young guys had to learn the fight song. We sang the fight song in the locker room after the mock game on Saturday. So uh, we love the traditions. We've got to keep those going. So um, have you ever had a quarterback that was a proficient hunter? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we have a pretty good punter in Drew Chrisman, so we like to use him. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons schematically to, to do, uh, you know, that quick punt that they do. You know, it kind of catches you off guard. And, and if you have somebody that can kind of get the ball to roll, especially on a turf field, you know, it can carry a lot of. Um, a lot of ground down the field and get you pinned if you're playing the field position game, and it works for them. Um, but, but Drew's our putter. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, going back to Dave's question from before, um, how satisfied are you with the five guys that you've settled on for the offensive line, considering you know the lack of game starting experience that you had there in the beginning uh, to start camp? Uh, are you? pleased with those guys you foresee them going in there most of the time are you thinking about rolling guys at this point Um, I think you're going to see probably you know seven to eight guys playing in the game on Saturday Um, you know we'll have we'll have our starting guys go out there um, and um, you know I've said from the beginning the guys who deserve to play in the game are going to have an opportunity to play and so 
know, we got to make that decision going into the going into the weekend and figure out, okay, does this does this guy deserve to play? Is he of st- starting caliber? And if he is, they're going to play. Um, every position is a little bit different, but but I think we have pretty good depth there. Ryan, uh, as you studied this from last year coming into this year and then going through camp, um, how do you feel about the way you guys executed scoring touchdowns in the red zone and whether or not that's going to be more of a strength for you guys this year than it was last year? How we did last year, looking at that. Yeah, I, I thought that um, you know early on we did some good things, throwing the ball. We got jammed up um, in two games. One of them was the Purdue game. Uh, we we're, were not very good down there in the red zone. And then we came back after that week and kind of changed our philosophy a little bit down there. And I thought from then on we were pretty good down there in terms of numbers. Um, so, you know, that's something that we've spent a lot of time on in the offseason and really tried to figure out, you know, a way to do that. It's a plan to win. you got to score touchdowns when you're in the red zone. Um, and so, you know, we have a good defense. We have good special teams. We're going to have opportunities to get the ball down there. And so we got to make sure we're scoring touchdowns we're in that area. You had to use a lot of those, in the Nebraska game in particular, you use a lot of those heavy packages. Does, does having someone like Justin maybe make you less reliable in having to get those extra bigger bodies out there? Is that the plan anyway? Well, he's, he's definitely uh, has the capability to run, um, you know, more than Dwayne did, more like JT. So, uh, you know, that's something that is obviously a weapon down there is as you get lower, that safety now starts to get in the box. He's less, you know, less likely to be in the middle of the field. He gets closer. And so the numbers, you know, kind of, you know, favor the defense as, as you get tighter down into the red zone. So uh, having the ability to have a quarterback who can run helps with those odds. Did you come out of the, uh, the mock game over the weekend solidifying which coordinators will be up in the box and which ones will be on the field? Yeah, I think that um, uh, Mike and uh, Kevin will be in the box. Uh, Jeff Halfley will be in the box. Um, you know, Greg Madison will be on the sideline. Did you just um... – let us in a little bit on the, the play calling structure defensively, how that's going to work between Greg and Jeff. Yeah, those guys work together. They, you know, uh, Jeff's um, you know really good upstairs in terms of recognizing what's going on, how they're being attacked, and that communication's going back and forth there. And um, you know, they come up with the game plan during the week, and, and then they're communicating w- within um, you know within the series in terms of what they want to get called. Um, you know, down a distance, things like that. So, you know, they give it to the to the signaler, and they, they signal in the defense, and, and they go from there. But but they do it together, and uh, it's been working so far. So we'll see once we get into games, you know, if there's any kinks we need to work out. You guys are kind of in a situation where you want Justin to play as much as possible, gain as much experience, but you also want to keep him healthy. When you go into a game, um, do you feel – that there's a tight rope that you're walking in terms of how long to keep him in. Do you have a plan for that if you guys get up big? How do you want to handle just the preservation of Justin? Um, I think, you know, you have to go into a game expecting to go win the game in the fourth quarter. You have to go into games thinking that way. I think if you start getting ahead of yourselves down the road, you know, we, these guys are these guys are good. They're well coached, and, and we have to make sure that you know, we're ready to win the game in the fourth quarter. And I think if you start going down any other road, you, you, know, you go down a bad path. Um, that being said, you know, he's got to go play the game. And, uh, you know, we can't be walking on eggshells going into a game and, and, and worried about people getting hurt or anything like that. we got to go play. Um, you know, our guys got to do a good job protection-wise. I think the schemes that we imply each week are taking that into consideration, though. You know, we're not just going to, you know, put somebody out there and put them in harm's way and we don't need to. But at the same time, we got to go win games. And, and that means, you know, whatever it takes. Um, so, you know, and as the game changes and, and whatever happens within the game, we try to make the best decision moving forward because it's a long season. With Justin, I think everybody kind of has an idea that what he's able to do as a runner is just great athleticism and he can take it from there. Um, and that maybe the further path that he has to take in terms of arriving is, is passing. When you create these game plans, do you 
say, hey, we want to throw it more than they would than you would otherwise to get him that experience, or um, do you let him just run and, and go at it the way he plays the best? I mean, how do you guys balance between passing and running with the quarterback when he's in a critical situation in, in terms of gaining experience? Yeah, I think that we try to find the plays that give us the best schematic advantage to score, and then as we start to play these games, I think we'll get a feel for his creativity uh, as plays break down, what he can handle in terms of route uh, combinations, uh, his progressions, the way he sees things in a game. Uh, I think we got a good feel for that in practice, but uh, we have to take a look to see what are the plays that that best fit the defense we're going to see that gives us the best chance, and then go from there. You know, the good news for Justin is that you know he throws it just as good as he runs it, and, and vice versa. So uh, if that means we need to throw the ball, we need to throw the ball, and guys need to protect and catch the ball and get open, and we got to deliver the ball. If it means running, the guys up front got to run, and then, and then JK's got to run the ball. And so every time we run the ball, it doesn't mean that Justin needs to be involved in that. Um, there are some plays where he will be, but. For the most part, you know, uh, if 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 a defense is giving us one thing over the other, then we got to do that. Then there's also times where you know Justin has to read our quarterback has to read whoever that defender is to figure out is he taking away the run or is he taking away the pass, and and those are run pass options. And, and if you can do those things and make good decisions, then he's he's moving the offense down the field. Quick one, Ryan. I know you've been through game day stuff already last year, the three games, but since you were named the head coach um, in December. There's been a lot of whirlwind stuff, you know, recruiting and getting Justin and all the stuff. Now that you've arrived here, the anticipation with your family, everything, where are you at mentally in terms of just it's here and this is what you've been preparing for? Yeah, no, even when you say that, it fires me up. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for the season to start. I can't wait for these guys to start playing and kind of see where we're at. I can't wait to run out of the tunnel. Um, I had a long talk with, with Coach Meyer when I first took the job, and he used to always say he's on when Hang On Sloopy came on, he would look up and really appreciate the fact that he was coaching at Ohio State. And so I tried to figure out when that would be for me, and that's going to be when I run out of the stadium. You know, when I'm with with the team in the, in the tunnel looking up to see, you know, the horseshoe and, and everybody that supports in Buckeye Nation, how cool that is. You know, take it in, take a deep breath, because you would go through a whole game and not even recognize anything that's going on because you're so caught up in the moment. And, uh, and I'm excited to get going, run out of the tunnel, go play, and – what an unbelievable opportunity this is. It's an opportunity to be around a great group of uh, players, a great group of coaches at an unbelievable university. So time to start playing some games. Yes, Coach. Uh, you stated that you'll, you're willing to rotate a couple different guys at right tackle. What is it about the group you have up front that um, you feel you're able to rotate linemen and still keep the chemistry up front? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, we're going to have our starters. So, you know, Thayer and, uh, and, and Brand will start a tackle to start with. And then uh, those guys, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come in and they'll roll a little bit. You know, there's, there's some depth there. You know, it's, it's hard to find that many linemen who we think are, are, are uh, you, know, uh, you know, have the ability to start and play in the Big Ten. You know, we, we do. We're lucky enough to have that. You know, I think Josh Alby and, and Nick have both proven, you know, through practice that they, they deserve reps, so they're going to do that. Um, and, you know, there is a chemistry that comes with that, but – you know, the calls are the calls. They know each other. They're in meetings every day. They're around each other other around each other every, every day. They communicate. And so, you know, whether a guy jumps in or not, you know, Jonah Jackson's going to be able to, you know, communicate with, with Josh just like he does there um, and, and vice versa on the right side, you know, Wyatt. But, um, you know, Harry Miller, you know, you'll be, don't be surprised if you see him in there as well. But those guys, um, I, I think when, when you play to a certain level, you deserve to play. Now, when, how, all those things, that, that depends on the game plan, depends on, on how the game is being played out. Ryan, you talked about you're focused on the blocking, <coughs> tackling, protecting the ball. What are your 
two biggest concerns, offense and defense, right now? Yeah, ball security and tackling. Those are the two things, yeah. Um, and I think so much of that comes with being tough. Uh, you, I mean, we talk about it all along with how tough we have to be. And then I watched the documentary after the game the other night. Woody Hayes was talking about toughness for like 15 minutes. It was really cool because that's the essence of Ohio State. And it, we just we hit it right on the head with this thing. It's all about toughness. And tackling is being tough. And ball security is toughness. It's toughness locking onto the ball and understanding how important that ball is. Sometimes it's being unselfish and making sure – you know, that that ball's locked away or a quarterback not forcing the ball into coverage. And we've got to take care of the football and we've got to make sure we're tackling. And how did that turn out so far? How did that work out in practice? I know you guys were focused on punching the ball out. How did the, the offense do and how did the defense do tackling? We'll find out on Saturday. You know, I mean, it's it's funny. It's like, you know, if if they pop one out, you say, well, you know, the offense gave it up, but, but the defense uh, created one and then vice versa. If you go through all day without turnovers, Yes, the defense, you know, uh, you know, why they didn't create any turnovers. So either way, you know, you could look at it one way or another. But, you know, at the end of Saturday's game, we'll have an idea kind of where we're at, and then we build from there. Uh, far right, uh, Gene? Hey, so I see you clean shaving today. When did you shave your beard and why? <laughs> that, was, that was a camp beard that was only supposed to go about a week. And late nights and early mornings, it just turned into a two- to three-week beard. And then as we get into game week, it's time to shave and get cleaned up. Ryan, you've obviously practiced and gone to training camp against Ohio State defenses the last couple of years. Uh, what was it like this month going against them with that new staff? Were there some more challenging, different looks that you saw the last in the last couple of years? Yeah, I think they're practicing at a high level. I think you're seeing um, some linebackers who are, are showing up. Um, they're getting their hands on balls. They're showing up in a run game. The D line is is you know penetrating and, and and they can get after the passer. Uh, and I think the secondary is, is playing at a high level right now. I think they're running around. They, they're, they're playing with technique. They're playing with, with a lot of energy. And so it's been a challenge. Uh, it's been a challenge, especially when you get – if we can get teams off schedule and get them in the second long, then I think you're playing to our defensive strength. Um, so I'm fired up to go see what it's going to look like. And it's not going to be perfect. I mean, there's going to be things that come, come along here in the first couple games that we're going to have to work through. And, um, you know, the biggest thing we've got to do is we've got to get them on the ground and make them play another play. Um, but but I'm, I'm proud of those guys, the way they've come out. They're hungry. I think they've got something to prove. If Jonathan Cooper couldn't play on Saturday or in any game this season, who would be the next couple guys in line to help you guys up front? In terms of defensive end? Yeah, I mean, you see, obviously Chase is there. And then uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste has done a really good job this preseason. He's come along. Zach Harrison is going to play this year. Um, you know, he's he's really the beginning of his career. Um, but he's he's got a huge ceiling. And the more he plays, the better he'll get. Uh, and then you have Tyreek Smith and, and, uh, and Tyler Friday as well. So, um, you know, you got... And then, you know, Jay Sean Cornell is also a swing guy. You know, he can kind of go outside or inside. He's done that before. So I feel decent about the depth there. I think, yeah, the depth talk has been mainly about the three-tech and the nose. But you guys feel as comfortable on the edge as you do there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think maybe we're a little bit uh, deeper inside, but uh, feel strong. Third row, right. Uh, Rob? Following, following up on Gene, apologize to the guys that did not get cleaned up <laughs> this week. It's game um, week. You just you talked about defense and how that's going to go with with play calling and design. Can you lay out how play calling is going to work on the offense? You have final say, I assume, but how do you see that working? Yeah, so far I've been really pleased with the way our meetings have gone. I think you know we have some guys in that room who have been in the offense for a while now, so um, the great input, um, you know, great experience to fall back on, different things we've seen. Uh, we all talk the same language now, so that's really good. And then you infuse Mike Yurcich into that with really good ideas. Um, you know, sometimes we almost have too many ideas, which is a good thing. I love that. 
Um, and so, you know, we have to make sure we put the game plan together. We're sound with the game plan. Everybody's involved with that. Everybody takes ownership in that. Once it goes up on the board, we all make that play work. We may not agree on it, but once we leave that room, we're all, in, all on board with those plays. And then once we get into the game, we've got to find the right plays and the right rhythm. But, but Kevin's always been involved with that. Mike will be involved with the play calling. But like you said, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to be the one making the call. What do you enjoy about play calling? What, I mean, is it, does it get you going? Is it's the competing part of it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved to compete, and, um, you know, I like to be in control, and so that's why, <laughs> that's why I like to call the plays. What about, what about the challenge of it? Well, I mean, what do you find the most challenging? Well, I think as a head coach, there's a lot going on. You know, I mean, you have the special teams. You know, you have, uh, you know, game uh, management, things that you have to take into consideration. Um, you know, injuries that may happen in game, things that are going on defensive side of the ball, uh, timeouts, uh, you know, all those things to be on top of. So, um, you know, spread a little more thin that way. But, but I think as a quarterback uh, guy, as, a, as an offensive coordinator, you've always looked at the game that way from, from a macro approach. And uh, game management's always right in the forefront of things. And so, um, you know, did it those first three games and just going to kind of go from there. Just general last thing, how, how important is play calling? I mean, if you have to kind of look at different seg- segments of the game, I mean, is it overplayed? Do we give it too much credit? I think sometimes it's overplayed, sometimes it's underplayed. I think so much of it is how do you teach – First off, how do you pick the right plays that fit? But then how do you teach them on Tuesday and Wednesday so that the guys are ready to go play? Because, you know, you can pick any play you want, but how do they execute them? Because they have to be trained to react because you're not always going to get the exact look that you thought and that you drew up. And so, you know, making sure the scout team's accurate, making sure that uh, they're thinking clearly so they can play fast, not giving them too much information, but then being on the cutting edge. And I think when you can make, you know, it's simple for the guys, but then complicated for the defense, that's when you got an edge. You talked about tackling and ball security, some of the things you're really curious about. What are the maybe more intangible things that you, as you enter your first game as permanent head coach, um, that are on your mind about you're just curious to see what happens? Well, I think there's certain things you want. You want to be clean. You know, you don't want penalties. Like, you know, you, you want to take care of the football. You want to tackle. You want to block. Uh, you want to see the energy. You want to see what guys, you know, the, the, the stage isn't too big for them once they get in the, in, the, uh, in the arena. There's going to be certain things in the game one. You're going to see things during the game that you never saw in practice. It's just kind of the way it works in that first game. There's going to be jitters. And then guys kind of fall into their training, um, and that's typically how it works. Uh, find out where we can play with depth. Uh, we like to play at depth at every position if we can. And so the more depth we can build, the stronger we'll be at the end of the game and at the end of the season. So those are all things looking at. Brandon Bowen is going to start a right tackle. Obviously, it's been a long road for him. What did you see from him this summer, and, and why did he win the job? First off, his attitude was uh, as good as I've been around this this year. You know, he has been through a lot. Uh, personally, he's been through a lot with the injury. And so to see the way he's smiling, the way he's uh, got a lot of energy, the way he's working, he's kind of changed his body with Mick in the, in the, in the um, weight room. And I just love his approach right now. He's practicing at a high level, and... Um, you know, when you're going against Chase Young and Coop and those guys every day in practice, I mean, if you're blocking them, then, then you're doing a hell of a job. And so he has. He's done that. And he's taken a, a mature approach to this thing. I think he's shown some leadership. He's more of an example guy than, than a vocal guy. But um, this is a guy who, you know, I think is going to have a great year. Second row right, Kyle. Yeah, I was curious, just as an offensive-minded head coach, what your involvement in defensive game planning or defensive meetings is. Uh, very little. Very, that's why that's why we hired you know um, you know the guys that we did. There's so much experience there. Got a lot of trust in those guys. Um, if I see something, then I'll go down there and ask why. Um, usually they have a quick answer, and you know I trust those guys. And and I think 
you know, anytime you want to go run your offense or run your defense, I think if someone comes in and starts meddling around, then, then it's hard. And so, um, you know, certain standards, we had certain agreements on the way in and non-negotiables. And, um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see where the season goes, but I, but I trust those guys. Then you talked about being fired up for Saturday. Um, how, how much did being in charge last August and for those three games kind of normalize this year's <laughs> camp and take away any, like, nerves or anxiety that you otherwise might feel? Uh, the nerves and anxiety that that's not going to go away. Yeah. I mean, understanding what's at stake every time you step on that field, you know, that, that's part of it. So it doesn't matter if I'm, uh, game one or, or game, you know, 300, you know, it's always going to be that way. Um, because there's an expectation here and, and I, and I get that, uh, that being said, I think, you know, at, at night, you know what to expect. Uh, you've walked through it before we've, we've gone through pregame. We've gone through Friday. We've gone through the skull session. We've gone through the pregame. We've run out of the tunnel. We've done all those things together other than a few of the freshmen. So uh, we've walked those shoes already. So, so that, that's good to know. It's a little comforting that way, but at the same time, we've got to produce. Uh, fourth row, middle, Dylan. Um, how much uh, are you expecting the bowl position to be coming just right away to, uh, into, the, into the defensive scheme? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see what that does. You know, those, the bullet guys are, you know, they, they're, they're talented guys, and so we want to see, see how that goes. But I think that, um, you know, the skill set that, that they bring to the table – um, is that that I think fits them well. So in terms of what we're going to ask them to do um, is is really fit, fits what they can do. So I'm uh, excited to see what they can do on Saturday, see how it fits in, see how it develops as the season goes on. Front row middle, George. You've talked about J.K. Dobbins being kind of a workhorse for you earlier in the season. Do you go into a season with a target number of carries for him per game? It's been a while since you guys have had a guy get like 20 carries a game. Yeah, no, not really, but he's going to have to have some 20 carry games. That's it. And uh, he's been practicing with his pads down. He's been practicing tough and, you know, he's gotten stronger. Uh, He's lost, I think, like 4% body fat, which for him is is tremendous. So I think he's ready for that kind of season. You know, he's been kind of splitting time with Mike over the last couple of years, and now he's got to be the workhorse, and I think he's ready for that. And as far as the, the injury policy, was that entirely dictated by your medical staff? Did you have input at all on that? I mean, obviously there's a kind of a gamesmanship element to it. Uh, yeah, so uh, we just had discussions, you know, with, with administration, with, with the medical staff, and sat down and made the decision that was the best for, for moving forward. Front row left. Uh, Doug? Um, you watched the whole college football show after the game? No, nah, I, I, I fell asleep. I a lot of, there was a lot of Ohio State in it. Yeah. A lot. Cool. You're game planning as you think about game planning, right? Not just like in meetings, but as you're driving in your car. Mm. What is the difference of maybe back when you were a coordinator, you were just had little X's and O's dancing in your head, and now that you're a head coach, are you thinking about, is that guy going to class? So yes, like, what's your free time, your daydreaming like? How is it different? Uh, it's, it's a great question. It's a great question. I can always count on you for one of these questions. Yeah. You know that. In your head. Um, so one of the things I've done is when I go home at night or when I drive uh, to work in the morning, I turn off the radio, I turn my phone off, and that's 20 minutes of just peace where uh, I can focus on the team, I can focus on uh, the defense, I can focus on the special teams and take a picture of, you know, really thinking about it as a head coach. Because once I get caught up in here and, and it's offense and scheme and different plays and things like that, I really dedicate that time to, like you said, let your mind wander um, in terms of what needs to get done. You know, where are we at with, with um, you know, player personnel? Where are we at in those type of areas? Recruiting is always on the forefront. That's always number one. So that's, that takes priority over everything. Uh, but those, those times in terms of driving to work and coming home, 
that's times where I really just try to focus on on you know the things that you need to make sure that you're on top of as head coach. And you talked about like Mike having good ideas, and we know Kevin's been a, a play caller in his career for a long time. Um, just do you do you just not have as much time for your own creativity and your because you have so many things to do that you have to lean on them a little bit more for stuff, or do you? Or do you find time that you're like, man, I really just need to think about red zone offense and sit down and decide what the plays are going to be? You know, how much of the thinking about offense have you given up, or how much have you made sure? No, I can't give that up. I, that's what I'm good at. I feel like because our staff, you know, I'm in there so much, and you know, Urban was involved last year, but now having Mike in there, and then having Brian Hartline a year older, having the experience of Tony and Stud in there, and then Kevin being in his third year. Um, and we, we have some really good young coaches as well who have been in the program now for a while. We have catalogs of different ideas, and, and they'll, they'll come to me. They'll come in my office. They'll text me at night. They have different ideas. So I think our staff as a whole is stronger. They're creative. And so it, it isn't just me. It's that whole staff. And I think that um, they've all stepped up their game, and, and they're going to have to continuing throughout the season. And look, when you look at your defense as an offensive guy, um, does it feel like with what Jeff and Greg are doing that do you expect that opposing offenses maybe will have less of an idea from play to play what Ohio State's defense is going to look like? Do you think they'll be more confused or just you guys were so good at press man for such a long time here? And I know you guys did some other stuff last year too, but as you analyze it from your side of things, how does that feel, that defense now coming at you? No, I, I think they do a nice job with disguising things and, and um, you know giving you a picture and doing something else. But but more importantly, I think they're taking a lot of pride in being able to play fast and you know getting their their cleats in the ground and, and playing tough and playing the run and making sure they're clean on their assignments and then and then playing with great passion. So uh, that's where we got to see really good tackling on Saturday. We got to see guys run to the ball with great pursuit. Um, but but I think yeah you'll, you'll see some disguises. But I also think you'll see a lot of sound football. Uh, Urban indicated on his uh, Fox show last weekend that there was a big drop between Justin Fields and the other two. To what extent are the other two game ready? And would you have to pare things down for Gunner or Sugar? Well, I think that uh, you know Gunner, he just hasn't really had as many uh, snaps under his belt. So he doesn't quite have a, a grasp of the offense um, like the other guys do. Um, you know, Chris... Uh, has been in the offense before, and, and he's he's done some really good things in camp. So uh, I think they all bring different skill sets to the table. So I think any time, and that's the, the best part about this offense, is that you can tailor it based on who's in the game. And so, yeah, you know, if those guys are in the game, then, then it's probably looking a little different. With, uh, with Brandon Bowen, his maturity, kind of, you know, the just sort of his life experiences, how do you see that? playing into just how he plays on the field and, and if there's any kind of residual effect on that unit or the team? Yeah, no, I think anytime you have guys like him who have uh, been in the program for a while, it's like having a man. It's like having a professional on the team. You know, they're almost players slash coaches, I call them. And, and that's that's the approach he's at. You don't have to worry about what Brandon's doing at night. You don't have to worry about him going to class. You know, he's graduated. He's done all those things. Um, and so, you know, he's he's all about making sure that he's ready to roll. He's taking care of his body. And he's producing, you know, I mean, he can take a meeting to the field. He's very serious about it. And his approach, you know, is contagious. And, and last question, far left, Bruce. No business succeeds without a detailed business plan that it plots out and sticks to. In terms of thinking of yourself and your arrival here at age 40 as a head coach, 
As a young coach, did you have a, for lack of a better term, a business plan as to how to get, not here, but a place like here? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there's two things there. I think one, there's the plan of once you're here, implementing the plan that, that um, you know, that you believe in your philosophies, which that's really a, co- you know, a combination of every place you've been and making it your own um, and then kind of uh, making decisions based on where you're at, the people you're at and the personnel uh, and going from there and making sure you hire a really good staff. Uh, but in terms of having an opportunity to, to, to be in a situation like this, um, my biggest thing was I, I wanted to make sure I worked really, really hard I wanted to make sure I exposed myself to some of the best coaches in the country, not afraid to take risks. Um, and that goes with your family. You know, if you don't have a family that's willing to move, you know, three times in three years to go have an opportunity to go coach in the NFL um, or then come back here to Ohio State, which is really the only place I, I would have uh, left the NFL for was to come to Ohio State because this is just the greatest organization in all of America. Um, but you have to really want to take risks. And and then at the end of the day, you got to, uh, you know, Trust your family that you're making the best decisions. Um, expose yourself to great people, and, and then be really, really competitive. You got to win every single day. It's like any other job. And if you're tough and you're willing to fight every day, then good things are going to happen to good people who work hard. You wouldn't have gone to Bama or Notre Dame or any other signature program where you could have made a similar impact. Only Columbus. Um, <laughs> when you're a young coach, really, really young. Uh, and you're starting to climb, at what point in your career do you start to envision that something like this was possible? And at the same time, do you ever find yourself looking around at other guys who were your age or younger, who were getting big jobs, and is there any, I don't know, uneasiness within yourself or professional jealousy? Like, how did that guy get that job? <coughs> you don't believe, maybe you don't believe he's qualified for it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to that question right there. Um, but I would say that, yeah, I, I mean, from early on, I, I wanted I, I dream big. I was always taught to dream big at a young age, and I saw a lot of guys who uh, moved up the profession and, and said, well, why can't that be me? And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to be around a guy who was my offensive coordinator at the University of New Hampshire. He went to Oregon and then went from, you know, uh, you know somebody nobody knew at the University of New Hampshire to one of the hottest names in all of football. And I realized that anything's possible. And he kind of taught me that. And I grabbed onto that and ran with it. Up next, co-defensive coordinator and secondary coach Jeff Halfley. You'd be working uh, upstairs, hanging out with us. Yeah. How, how do you like it up there? Is that a place that you've normally been in your career? Yeah, I, um, I like it up there a lot. Game slows down. Um, you can see a lot more, you know, being up there, you got such a good view on everything. It's slower. The emotions are kind of out of it. The crowd's kind of out of it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like slow motion and you can see a lot and I feel very comfortable up there. I was up there in Cleveland for quite a bit. I tried to go up there last year and then uh, a couple of the players asked me to come back down. So I went back down, but I'd like to be up there. I think it will help us out. It's because some, we've seen at Ohio State, you know, cornerbacks, defensive backs coaches, Doing a lot of hands-on instruction on the sideline, you're not. I guess you don't see the value of that compared to calling a game, maybe from upstairs. I do, and a lot of thought went into it. And part of me would love to be around those guys and get my hands on, but I trust the guys that we have down on the field, and I think um, I think it's more important for me to be upstairs right now. And I think we have people that can help, and I trust the support staff, um, which we have a great group of guys. You know, a lot of guys who people really don't know and don't get a lot of attention but we have a lot of really good young coaches and you know between coach Madison and coach Washington we can get those adjustments made 
Um, but I just think it's best for, for our team and our defense if I go up right now. Jeff, do you plan on rotating your corners and maybe some of your other DBs or is it just you know, get our best players out there as much as possible or do you, are you trying to keep certain guys fresh? Um, I, th- I think a little bit of both. Um, we got to get the best guys out there. And that's kind of what I said from the first time I ever sat in here. We're, we're going to get the best guys out there. But we also understand that, you know, how many plays are in the game? How long is the drive? How, how much tempo are they going? You know, does a guy need a break? Is our number one guy as good as our number two guy when he's had too many plays. So I think we have to be really smart of that, about that. And I think that's one thing I, I have had to think about, which is a little bit different in the National Football League with the amount of plays, the amount of tempo. And especially early in the season, we, we have good enough players where, like I said from day one, if guys show that they're good enough in practice, we'll put them in and play. So I think you'll see that. When you look at the depth for you guys, both in the secondary and even the defense as a whole, is it – Kind of what you anticipated? Is it, is it better than what you anticipated as far as just the overall depth? Hard to say what I anticipated, you know, because I really didn't know all of the guys, only what I really saw in film, you know, before I got here. Um, but now that you see the depth and you see how hard these guys have worked and how hard they practice, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's really nice. It's nice to have that depth. Seems like Florida State, or sorry, Florida Atlantic's got one of the best tight ends in the country. Really productive guy last year. How much emphasis does that put on that bullet position to be able to go out and, and cover a tight end this week? I think it's it's not just the bullet position. I think it's just the overall awareness. You know, when we talk about our scheme, we're more into fundamentals, technique. We talk a lot about ourselves, and we talk a lot about you know doing our job right and. Not so much picking out one player and saying, hey, this is the player we have to stop. This is what we have to do different. But when you deal with a guy like that, and I I do, we think he's a really good football player. And I think you're right. I think he's a a really good receiving threat from the tight end position. You just have to be aware of him, what he does well, uh, where he is on the field. you got to play with great eyes. Uh, If you're covering him, there's a lot of different things he can do. So whether it's the Sam, whether it's the bullet, whether it's the safety, whether it's the nickel, whether it's a corner, whoever's on him, they got to – Play with really good eyes, really good leverage, and really good technique. What are the other things that stand out to you about FAU's offense that are challenges you guys have to be able to beat? One, I think that I think Lane Kiffin does a really good job. Um, I think he's a really smart football coach. I think the scheme's really good. I think he understands defense and he attacks defense, and he knows how to attack schemes. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him as a football coach. I think the quarterback's a talented player. Uh, he was a highly recruited kid who transferred. He can make the throws. He's quick on his feet. Um, and now he's got a little bit more experience than he did last year. Um, the slot's a talented player. He's quick. Um, you know, not the biggest guy in the world, but he can run. He's really dangerous with the ball in his hands. Um, and he has big play capability. They lost a bunch of backs last year, really good backs. They did a really good job recruiting there. And, you know, what? we believe everything we've read that they feel good about the ones they have coming back. So, you know, in the first game, it's hard because you're watching last year's tape, right? Um, so we just, we, t- for us, it's about us right now. And I'm not saying that knocking them at all. It's really whoever we were going to play in this first game, we have to worry about ourselves. Like, I'm sure Coach Day talked about, we got to tackle, right? We got to run and tackle, and we have to do our job. And, and if we do that, and we do it as hard and as fast and as long as we can, then hopefully we'll have a good day. All right, Bill. Jeff, do you know who's going to start at linebacker for you? I do. Would you share that with us? I think we'll share that when the depth chart comes out on Friday. Good question, though. I, I hope I know who's going to start for us. I'm not saying that to be a smart, you know.
how comfortable are you with, with their play this year, this, this camp? I think Coach Washington has done a really good job. I think he's rotated guys in. Um, as you watch practice, you see a bunch of guys, different guys in there. And he's challenged them, and they've competed with one another. Um, and they've gotten better. And, and I, I think Coach Washington has done a really good job with that. Hey, could you talk about how the coaching staff has meshed? Uh, obviously, most of you are new together. And what's that process been like? It's been a lot of fun. Um, I think Coach Day put together a really – most importantly, a really good group of guys. Um, and we have fun together in there. Um, we challenge each other. You know, I, I think it, it's different where I don't think anybody's afraid to say what's on their mind, to come up with an idea where we've all sat in rooms before and it's kind of like you bite your tongue because, you know, I shouldn't say anything here, whether it's in the run game or the pass game. No, like, like if I ask a question and I'll say, anybody else see it different? Even if it's at the back end, you guys see it the same way. Is there anything else you guys think is better? And I think our whole room is thinking like that. And I think that's very important because at the end of the day, all we want to do is come up with the best plan where we feel our kids can play the fastest and go try to win a game. So it's been really good. It's, it's a really good group of guys. Jeff, uh, you are obviously an NFL guy, um, and a lot of way too early analysts think that Jeff Okuda has the tools to be a top 10 pick in the next year's draft. Aside from just the physical tools, do you see this as the next guy or he, him being the next guy in the long list of the um, Ohio State cornerback tradition of, of NFL talent? Does yeah, that make no, sense? That, yeah, definitely makes sense. I mean, it would be hard not to ask that question if I were you and you were talking about Jeff. And I'll say the same thing that I say to Jeff. I mean, Jeff has the talent. He does. Um, he's got the size. Just look at him. He's got the length. He can run. Um, he played some pretty good football last year. Um, but he hasn't played a whole lot, and he does have a lot to work on. And in order to – those top picks, those top guys, to me, it is talent. It is size. It is length. It is speed, but it's also the mindset. And every great one that I've ever been around, their mindset's different, and it's the way they approach practice every single day. It's the way they approach walkthrough. It's the way they approach coming in and getting treatment. It's the way they approach studying at night and asking questions and then coming in and be ready to practice and doing it every single day. And if Jeff can learn to do that, and that becomes who he is, then I do think he has a chance. Um, but those are the things that I talk to him about. I don't ever talk to him about where I see him going in the draft, or he asks me a lot of questions about the NFL, you know, what it's like. And I just try to guide all those guys on what it is going to take, not just to be a pro, but to be an exceptional one. Because like I said, I mean, I was lucky to be around some Hall of Fame guys. So... I have a vision of what it looks like, and I'm trying to guide him there. But for me to say right now that he's going to be a first-round pick, you know, at the end of the season, hopefully I'll have a clear picture for that. When you look at just his ability, the way he approaches things, does he seem like somebody that you can rely on for this team to be the number one quarter? Yeah, we need to rely on him. You know, we, to, to be honest with you, it has to be all those guys that are going to be out there on Saturday. They're talented players. And the way they work and the way they practice and the way they bought in, I'm relying on all those guys right now. So I don't want to single out Jeff for that because you could talk about Damon and you could talk about Sean. Every one of those guys we're going to have to rely on, and I hope that they're developing that mindset. In baseball, there's a lot of guessing. The hitter is guessing what's coming. I'm just wondering if there's any correlation with the job you do. Do you guys have to guess what the offense is going to do from play to play? Do you, do you take a chance, or do you, is it not work that way? Well, I don't think it's, it's guessing. I think that, you know, the hard part is when you start a season 
and you're watching all last year's tapes and tendencies, and you know they watched it as well. So if you get, say you get 85% chance on this down and distance, on this hash and this personnel group, we know they're going to run this. That might have worked last year, but they saw that too, right? So now they probably changed that. So I think we have to be very calculated. And I, again, it goes back to in this game, I think we have to be who we are. I think we have to line up and play, get our cleats in the ground, play as hard and as fast as we can, tackle, get off blocks, cover, play with great eye discipline. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of guessing or taking chances. I think we're going to try to play good, solid football. Um, as you get into the season later on and those tendencies start to build and you have all that data, then I think it's a little bit different. But these first games, you kind of never know. And that makes it challenging. What's it feel like when you guess right? It feels great. <laughs> Call a blitz from the right hash into the right play and you say, shit, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, said, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, Jerry. Just came out. Jeff, along with that, you, you say you want a defense that just you can plug and play anybody. You have all these chess pieces. How important to the success of this defense is your ability to play chess? Um, again, and this is the truth, I think this is a player's game. you know. And I think sometimes we as coaches, we overcomplicate it. And I mean that. I think that we work hard all week to try to put them in the right position and not confuse them, right? And if we try to get too complicated and we confuse them, it doesn't look good on Saturdays. So our philosophy right now is to try to make it as crystal clear as we can. And then on game day, we got to go play ball. And I don't foresee us, like, making wholesale maneuvers or changes where they do this, we do this. Yeah, we have answers. Because in defensive football, to us, if you know what your weakness is, you're, you know what your issues are, right? If we run cover A, you know where the issues are in those coverages, right? But that's why you also have cover B and C. They're, not everything works great against this play, right? So we have to be able to change that up but not change who we are, if that makes sense to you. We've got time for a couple more. Second row left, Bill. Jeff, uh, you guys have spent months putting this defense together. You seem to really like your pieces. Um, is there anything added to it, knowing that in your first game you're going against an offensive coordinator who has a reputation for being aggressive, like you said, being creative, that he's going to give you something that's challenging? No, we know he will be challenging because I do have a lot of we have a lot of respect for him, and, and I think there will be some things, and that's why, you know, we told the guys like you're going to see some stuff that you've probably never seen before, and it's okay. And if they hit us on a play, it's okay. Just line up and play again. You know, it's. We all watch enough football. When's the last time you saw a game where an offense didn't hit a play, break a run, hit a pass, somebody was open? I mean, that's okay. Don't panic. Just line up and play the next play as hard and as fast as you can. So, again, if we can stay within the structure that we've built and that we believe in and we just stick to it and we let these guys go play, I don't think there will be any panic. And that's what we've tried to lay our foundation on for them. Fun for you guys as a staff, knowing that, you know, Lane Kiffin's probably going to give you a little something and you're going to have to have an answer for it. Yeah, I guess you could say that's fun. I had a final question for Coach Halfley, front row Doug. Jeff, I, we've asked so many versions of this since you got here, but in the end, the ability of this defense to stay simple and have your guys be confident, but also offer some different looks and maybe disguise some things to keep opposing quarterbacks off balance. How... how how is that all working together, and how confident are you in that in executing that compared to where you first? Came? 
Yeah, I think, um, I think the whole simplicity thing might be a little bit blown out of proportion. Um, it just depends how you look at it, right? Um, I think we have a good solid package. We have a variety of different coverages, a variety of different blitzes, and I think we're going to roll with them. I think we're, when we talk about being simple, I think it's more so trying to get the players to know what they're doing, like someone mentioned plug and play, and then kind of change things around without them having to think about it. Makes sense? But when you do watch us, I don't think you'll be able to say, wow, that's so simple. Um, but again, and I say this, and I believe this very, very with all my heart, that defensive football is about lining up, having your eyes in the right place, running as hard and as fast as you can, and tackling. And that's the biggest thing we have to do for this football game. I mean, you, you see it. And, and I said it to Ryan when I first got here. The thing that kind of concerns me is in college football, there is no preseason one, preseason two. In the NFL, in the first preseason game, it's you miss a lot of tackles. And then preseason two, you miss a little bit less. Preseason three, you're still missing too many. And then usually around the first game, you got it. We don't have that luxury. And that's why we've had to tackle a lot at practice. And now we have to go and run and tackle on Saturday. And I think our guys' mindset is right for that, and I think our coaches have done a good job. And, and just because we've, we've talked so much about you coming from the NFL, just as a rough estimate, how much more complex or complicated is, for instance, the defense you guys ran in the NFL last year compared to what you're doing here? Just as a baseline for us to have some understanding of what you're talking uh, about. I've been on a bunch of staffs in the NFL, on some in the NFL, it's been way more complicated. On some, it's been very similar. It just depends what scheme you have. And for the record, guys, I've been in college for 10 years, NFL for seven, so I'm a college guy. Do you feel that in your heart? Me? I'm yeah. a college guy? I'm here right now. I'm a college guy. That's what I said. More years in college than the NFL. I'm a college guy now, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Josh. Finally, offensive coordinator and tight ends coach, Kevin Wilson. Coach, Jeff Hasley talked about reading comments from the FAU coaching staff. It just made me wonder, maybe offense is different than defense, but how much of your scouting of an opponent is something other than watching game tape? Well, in this day and age, because of coverage and social media, you can get a lot. And there's a lot of times where you'll, you know, we all do it. You'll just Google play, oh, freeze that. And, hey, there's a guy over there in a the shirt that's injured. Who's that guy? Or looks like they were in a four-down front or a three-down front or blitzing. So um, there's a lot of information out there. And, you know, in the first game, we have a new defense coordinator so we're watching tape. Coach Spencer that we know was at Oklahoma State with Coach Yersich. He was at Oklahoma State when I was at Oklahoma, competed against him. So, you know, we're looking at – Charlotte tape and where he was last year. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of information. But uh, in this day and age of social media, you gather a lot, and we all just kind of – we all kind of creep and follow everybody, I guess. Pass catching tight ends seem to get so much of the attention that it's easy to kind of come away with the conclusion that that's the direction the position is going. Say it again, please. Pass catching tight ends get so much attention, it's easy to think that that's the direct direction that the, the position is going. But – is there still a real premium on tight ends who are really good blockers? Well, to be a complete player, you have to block. I mean, you'll, if you look, you can just Google up, but I, I, I'm not sure uh, the numbers, but the guy that won the Mackey Award last year probably had 60 catches, if that, 
and you're playing, like last year Luke Farrell played 600 plays, so if he has 60 catches, which would be a lot for what we've done around here, what are you doing those other plays? So most of the time you're playing without out the ball. Uh, it's a, very much a developmental position because in spread football, everybody's playing with big receivers. Uh, if we spread and play with no – in my opinion, if you play a spread offense without a tight end, you're either going to run the quarterback a lot or you're going to throw it a lot. When you can put the quarterback, you, you add one more gap – you take a lot of stress off the offensive line, a lot of stress off the quarterback. You're a more complete team. So teaching an athletic kid to be a complete blocker or a complete player to be a good blocker makes you a better football team, makes him a complete player. Uh, front row right, Austin. Hey, Kevin, you've talked a lot of times about how versatile the offense can be and shape it to the quarterback strength. Throughout your career, who would you compare Justin Fields to for some of the other guys you've worked with? That's a good question because he's uh, – you know, we don't do a lot of, quote, running around, but when he takes off running, he's, he's as, maybe as fast as I've, I've, I've seen at quarterback. Uh, he does, he does can, has the arm strength to make a lot of throws. I know Coach Dan, Coach Scherzer are working hard just to get comfortable with what, what he sees, what he likes, how to get him off to a good start, get him in rhythm, get him going and build. And uh, um, we, I've been around some talented players, but his skill set is probably as high as I've been around. It seems like it, I mean, you're just, if there's no easy comparison, it seems to have a pretty unique skill set. Very much. At the same time, though, uh, the real ones have the skill set on Saturday. You know, and for example, years ago, Sam Bradford, second start, we're playing it really big. We're playing um, Miami, Florida, and I had practiced a play six, seven times. We were going to play fake and throw a post to Malcolm Kelly, this really outstanding uh, receiver we had. And um, when we play faked, uh, they, they, um, they didn't cover it. And Sam threw it to a fullback in the flat. I didn't practice that. But on Saturday, Sam, being a great player, made it look right, made it look easy. So the talented guys that can make the plays, that's nice. But the real ones have an active game day of playing well. And it'd be interested as we get started with Justin and our other quarterback. And a lot of these young players, how they play on Saturday when they're, when they're out there and the, and the lights are on, it's for real. Second row left, Ari. Uh, when you look at uh, some of the challenges that Brandon Bowens had to overcome, uh, both with injury and kind of having a setback with that injury and coming back and facing a five-star kid that a lot of people thought could or would start this year, um, not to mention being a father and a lot of the stuff that he's done off the field, seeing him win this job and being in this position, I mean, can you just comment on everything that he's had to overcome and maybe what you view this journey for him as being? Well, happy and proud proud of him, happy for him and his family. Um, Still in competition, though, because Nick's awfully good and right there battling. And, and um, um, you know, I, I expect them to play. But just in this day and age where guys can, you know, say, woe is me or it's not going my way to battle through and to persevere and to make it through tough times. And he, he plays a tough position, those, you know, non-glamorous positions where you're blocking all the time and no one sees you except your mom or now, you know, your wife and, and, and all that stuff. So um, proud of the way he's battled. He's practiced really, really to me, he's healthy. He's practicing, he's practicing as tough as he's ever practiced. He's practicing as low with great pad level in the run game. He's had a tremendous uh, preseason, and he needed to. Our football team needed him to. At the same time, so is Nick Petit uh, Ferrer. Nick's played well, too. So we got some good depth there. And um, congratulate Brandon on a great spring and, or, excuse me, preseason. He has played. He has started. Uh, shoot, uh, I think in 2016, he was playing some tight end in a big package that was done here years ago. So he's played, you know, he's, he's in a fifth year and played some football. So he's not a rookie. 
and I expect him to play well. It'll be interesting to see. I think Nick will get in the mix and play a lot too this uh, year. Though. One other non-related question. How do you guys balance the need to keep Justin in games as long as possible to gain experience considering his age and inexperience and also protecting him and keeping him healthy? Well, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, you got, you got to pick your spots. Of course, any play can, you can have critical error and, 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 and that quarterback can be exposed because the ball's in his hand every play. So it's going to do a great job, not the line, the backs, the, um, uh, the tight ends and protection and, and being in the right place, receivers and timing and route running. You know, every play that wide, wide receiver is beating the defensive end rushing. He's not beating that cornerback. Everything's in relation to time. So we've got to be smart with it. Uh, at the same time, things can break down, and Justin's got to do a great job protecting himself. So we'll do everything to keep can we can to to minimize him being in harm's way. But we got to go out and score as many points and and start at one drive at a time and make sure we can we can find victory in game one and build from that. So uh, our plan has always has been uh, as you run the quarterback, he's still your quarterback, and you must protect him. And we'll do everything we can to do that. Kevin, you, you talked about Nick playing, Brandon Fluff playing at right tackle. Ryan said you guys could play as many as seven or eight offensive linemen. How do you balance that rotating those guys up front with making sure that you still have a cohesive unit on the offensive line? You know, that, that'll be, I think, a feel on the sideline that Coach through Drawable will have, you know, as you, as you go through the game and look in the guy's eyes and the feel. And does a guy need a blow? Does a guy need to sit down and calm down? Does a guy need some motivation? Is the other guy practiced and played well enough that he's going to help us? So I, there's, there's different – you know, to me, ways in each game that that could happen. I um, I don't think it's a revolving door. Uh, I do feel comfortable. I think there's, I you know, I think Josh Albies had a, a tremendous preseason. I think we're we're four deep at tackle, and we're going to need those guys. I, Harry, we've talked a lot about Josh Meyer. Harry Miller's had an outstanding uh, preseason as a young freshman playing a position that's with a lot of stress. Uh, I think we're very solid offensive guard with Wyatt, with Jonah, uh, Gavin Cup in there. I mean, there's there's some depth, there's some experience. So. I think Coach Dud just play it by ear. If, if a guy needs a blow, uh, I don't think we put the whole second team unit out there. I think you do let guys to, guys get used to playing together, working in combination, bumping off twist, working double teams. But I think to say we're just going to play five every game, I don't think that's the case. I think Greg will just get a feel and, and move as we go. We've got to be careful because we don't want to lose our rhythm as an offense. We've got to take care of that quarterback. We've got to play all those different running backs, tight ends, receivers, but you don't want to lose your flow and rhythm as an offense. That stand out to you when you're studying FAU's defense? What are some of the challenges they're going to present to you guys that you got to be prepared for? One of the challenges is you watch what they did last year and you watch their personnel, but then you have a new defensive coordinator and you know, you're watching another team. And sometimes those visions start blurring together. And a year ago, is he doing certain things because that fit personnel, things that they could do in, 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 in their fronts, their blitzes and coverages. Now he's in a different place, different athletes. Um, they were very successful uh, when Coach Spencer was at Charlotte last year. I think they finished the year 20th or 22nd in total defense. So they were playing pretty solid defense. So you think there's some carryover, but uh, there'll be some jockeying in that first quarter figuring out are those little X's and O's exactly where we thought they'd be. And, and quite honestly, in my two years here, we do a bunch of game planning. We do a bunch of work, and we go out there Saturday, and half the time they're lined up completely different than what we saw on tape. And your, your ability uh, – you have a game plan until you get punched in the mouth. You have a game plan until a coordinator puts something out there different and your ability to adjust as a coach but also as players and as a young quarterback will help your offense flow. You've been a head coach as well as an assistant. Ryan stepping into a job first time ever. What has struck you as he's made this transition about how he's changed or how he's adapted to this new role? Yeah, I think you said it right there is how he's changed. 
because he's in a different role, but in some ways I think he's tried to continue to be himself. I thought he did that last year. I thought he did a great job of leading our football team in an interim role in trying to take the message, but in his words, his way, to not create something new, to, not, to, to try to reinvent things. But to, to, and I think that's a quality of a strong leader. I've been unbelievably impressed uh, with his attitude, his energy. I've also been impressed with him just trying to, to be himself. I think he's got a lot of great strengths and is going to do an outstanding job this year and in the future. You've coached under some great coaches without comparing him specifically to any of them. Is there something that does strike you in terms of he handles this in a certain way that reminds me of so-and-so? Um, you know, it's different because, um, uh, you know, Coach Stoops was a defensive guy and Ryan's an offensive guy. So sometimes, you know, but Coach Stoops had a, um, uh, a confidence of, you know, here's what we're doing, but you didn't feel like he was micromanaging a lot. At the same time, it could be very direct in time. Hey, here's what we're doing. Move on. We're doing this and this and this. I think he's got uh, – Ryan has some of those uh, strengths where he connects with people, but I think also he, he's very much as a way of getting his view – that you feel like he's, he's like pushing it down you. So, again, I've just got a lot of respect for him as a coach, a lot of respect for him as a person, watch him as a dad and a, and, and a husband. I, I think he's just a tremendous uh, person. I think he's going to have a tremendous career. And we'll see how it goes when, uh, when the whistle, tee, when we tee it up and we start getting these, these games rolling here. we got time for just a couple more for coaches. I want to start to get players in here, folks. Time for two more uh, over to the left, Doug. Kevin, you had so much success as an offensive coordinator and play caller. Then when you became a head coach, what was that transition like for you in terms of this is what I do well, this is what I've always done well, but now I'm in charge of a team? And then, you know, just what advice would you have for a guy like Ryan who's, who's going through that now? Well, um, a little bit different because at that time we had nine assistant coaches. Now we have ten. So we have five on offense, five on defense, plus the head coach. Uh, and it, what I decided to do when I watched Coach Stoops, I mentioned earlier, who was a defensive coach, he was always with the defense. It was five and five. So I decided to put five coaches on defense. I was basically one of the five offensive coaches when I was their coach. So that put a little bit more, I was a little bit more involved in the position. I think Coach, coach Day has the ability to be a part of the offense, help a little bit with quarterbacks, have a, great picture, have a great view of the big picture. But I think he has the freedom that he can step out of the room a little bit more with Coach Scherz's background, with knowing exactly what he's getting with Coach Dudrawa because he's worked with now a couple of years with Coach Alford of Coach Hartline, myself. So he can come in and inject. Matter of fact, we can sit in meetings and start talking about things, and there'll be someone saying, listen, knowing Coach Day, we're not going that direction. Maybe let's get back to this formation or this thought process. So, um, uh, and again, I haven't given a lot of advice. I've tried to be a great teammate. So, I, you know, I, I trust him as a leader, and I've tried to do everything I can. Uh, as an assistant coach, someone said to me years ago, your job is to assist the coach. And I've tried to do as much as I can to be a great assistant and help him and help our team win. And, again, I think he's doing a tremendous job for our football program. Four through middle. Uh, Murph? Kevin, going back to your game planning for, for week one, uh, Coach Halfley said it's a lot about us and doing what we want to do, no offense to the opponent. On the offensive side of the ball, how much is, is that the case? I know you said you've scouted a lot, but how much is it about doing what you guys want to do and, and running your plays and kind of figuring things out as you go? You know, it's, there isn't always it's about you factor. As far as you coming ready to take care of the football, take care of the quarterback, be physical, have your balance, run and pass. At the same time, uh, defenses are so multiple at what they're doing that you got to have the ability to adjust. So we have to recognize where they're at, where they're coming from, so that we get certain looks we're not ready for that we can't protect our quarterback. We can't get the running game on schedule. So 
we have certain goals that I think are very much us-generated and how we need to play. But in this day and age, you have to adapt to the defensive structure that we're going to see. And there'll be a lot of jo- jockeying and chess match, not only in this game, but these first couple games until you get some three or four games and get a rhythm of the coordinator and each year to new year. So there's a, these first few weeks are a little stressful in game day for us offensive guys. Same lines. Uh, was in here talking about that chess match, the cat and mouse game. As a play caller, do you guess much, and and what does that feel like when you guess right? I mean, is there that kind of game going on? Guess. Based on knowledge and facts. I wouldn't stay here so late at night if we were guessing all the time. <laughs> right? Which is wrong, you know. Um. um I, you know, I you know I don't know. I mean I mean. I think sometimes you say guessing because you've got to play it. Things going to work at certain looks. I think the beauty of Coach Meyer, what he brought to me, is that you got to have a lot of answers. So when you call a play, it's it's sound against, against a lot of things, and that makes you as a, when you're going through right now. We're looking. Okay, we're talking about their defense. What if they come down to four down front? What are we doing? What if all of a sudden it's boundary blitzes? What are they doing? What if all of a sudden they're playing max coverage and dropping everyone? So it forces you to analyze and take a lot of looks. So I guess there's a lot of guesswork. But as you get into the rhythm of the game, you get into things that you think you do well. It's about you and what you're doing. But you just get in the rhythm of the game, and you better have your players ready to, to adjust and adapt. We're talking today, what if the defensive lineman line in certain fronts, are we able to, to do that? And early in these games, we can actually do too much and have too many, too, and then our kids aren't playing hard. So there's a balance early here, getting our kids ready to play hard, to play physical, to take care of the ball about us, but then be ready to adapt to this defense because they're going to be multiple what they're doing. And, uh, it's going to be a challenge. These guys will present a lot of problems, and uh, we're looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Justin Fields, is he going to have the green light to audible, or is that is that? Something? Yeah, there's certain things. You know, sometimes we're doing things where we look back over, and it comes from the sideline. That's that's kind of common in college football now with the no huddle stuff. Uh, and then there's the ability where he's going to see certain things because what happens. Ten years ago, you would say, "Who look over and tell the quarterback?" Well, now when we started talking to the quarterback, they started talking to the defense, so everything changed. So there is the, the, the deal that when your quarterback checks a play, the defense can't change. So though he will have the opportunity early to get us in a few things. It's not, quote, green light all over the place. But there are several plays where it's in his hands to make us right and to make us look good. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much.